Welcome to the Interlocutor Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Nessler, the founder of Interlocutor Magazine, which features in-depth coverage of creators, thinkers, performers, and artists of all types. You can check us out at interlocutorinterviews.com. And if you would like to support our efforts for high-quality arts and culture coverage, you can do so via Patreon. Just click the Patreon link on the site. So I have with me today artist Nick Bautista, who I did an interview with for the magazine quite a while ago, back in, it looks like, July of 2020. So welcome, Yeah, 2020. Yeah, thank you for having me, Tyler. My pleasure. Um, So I'm just going to start off, I'm I'm going off of the bio that you have up on your site, and it's kind of unique because it's in first person. And this is also kind of interesting, too, because in our original interview, you had... uh, talked about your reluctance of, of uh, doing artist statements. So we'll get into that too. Um, but uh, this is just in your own words. So it basically goes, I have often been reluctant to talk about my work, <laughs> which is yeah. what we're about to do. Yeah. Um, I have even been hesitant showing or exhibiting it. I suppose that can be problematic for a painter. <laughs> um, the images I choose to paint rather than the ideas of the images I treat very personally, almost protectively. I see them as fragments of private journal entries. After all, they address my personal situations and struggles or whatever I might be experiencing in my life. I'm fascinated by the complexities of the human figure physically and existentially. And I think to myself, how can I obliterate it? The battle, the push and pull of what the image actually is and how I treat it on a painting surface is a constant in my work. The struggle to have something familiar and discernible and see it teeter on the edge of being destroyed or marred. Intentional mark making and the evidence of changes and mistakes are scattered throughout all of my paintings. That says a lot about my thought process, my internal mechanisms and how aggressive and oftentimes emotional I can become. At once, I am both a simple and difficult person, a delicate and volatile painter. This is me, and this is my work. <laughs> so I wrote that. <laughs> yes. So uh, when, when did you write that? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> that might have been a couple of years ago. Uh, that yeah. might have been 2020, 2021. Okay. Yeah. So I'll just start off about, so you're, you're, you're reluctant to talk about your work and, and then that extends to even some hesitancy of showing or exhibiting it, which then of course, as you point out, is problematic for a painter. Um, yeah. Where do you think that reluctance comes from? What's the core of that? Um. The core of it is I, I've, I've always been a private person. Um, I've always done things on my own. Uh, I've been very solitary, um, even growing up, um, uh, going through art school, going through school um, in terms of friends and family. I've always been, I've always been kind of on the outside, never really, never really fitting in, not ever really finding my place. Uh, so it's like, yeah, it, the work, the drawings, the paintings, they, they've always been for me. Um, right. I think, I think, you know, and then I think there's another part of it that 
that comes from one of my mentors back in art school, uh, who was also uh, very reluctant to talk about his work. Um, and I think that I think that kind of rubbed off on me quite a bit. And it's kind of like, <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm painting this thing or drawing this thing. So that's 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 my statement. That's what I have to say. Mm-hmm. why why do i want to talk more about it if you know if i wanted to talk about it and dissect it and explain it all the way i you know i guess i wouldn't have painted it in the first place and <laughs> it's you know I, i'm not a not a writer i'm not really a talker I'm, I'm a painter and and that's that's what i have to say and uh you know that that landed me in some trouble in, in grad school too uh i was going for my mfa this was many years ago and uh you know they're they're pushing the, the artist statement <laughs> and i'm just right. like i don't i don't want to talk about it <laughs> i don't want to talk about it i was like can i just like leave you a blank piece of paper and that's my statement and they weren't <laughs> having any of it <laughs> so i was yeah. i was i was i was kind of a little bit of trouble back in art school so yeah. yeah, you had mentioned in, in our original interview that that kind of made you an outcast of the MFA program. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, you're, but, but you had that mentor who kind of backed you up on that. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, he took me under his wing. So it was like, it was only natural for me to sort of fall into his, into his thing. So, so to speak, you know, right. um, sort of follow um, a lot of his sensibilities and, and his ideas about about art and life, and um, you know, and and I, I I don't apologize for that. That's, he was a he was a great man. I loved him very much, um, and and he did a lot for me. So I I, I owed him a lot. Do you want to mention his name, or you want to keep it? Oh yeah, sure, uh, Ed Jenkowski. Um, mm-hmm. he was, he, he started out as <laughs> my art history professor and, you know, he, he became, eventually he became, uh, my, my painting professor and my mentor. Um, and, you know, we never really talked about it. It was sort of like an unspoken, unspoken thing between us, but yeah, that, that guy was basically my father and, um, you know, he passed away a couple of years ago. Um, so that was, that was yeah. fucking tough. Um, yeah, no, I can imagine. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he's, he's, he's it for me. You know, a lot of, a lot of the sensibilities I have and a lot of the things that I have to say, um, come, come from him. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I feel like that's very important for a lot of artists and yeah, unfortunately, sure. you know, it's not, not everyone finds their mentor you know, to, to that depth. So I think that's, uh, that's great that you found that. Um, I'm very grateful for it. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, so going back to those, so he instilled this kind of reluctance to kind of dissect, you know, deconstruct your art by talking about it. Um, do you feel like that kind of undermines the, uh, you know, what you're, 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 you're doing visual expression. So, when you're trying to reframe it in, you know, uh, words and language that really 
recontextualizes it for the viewer um, in different ways. And so it, it, it's a, it seems like a really tricky, you know, place to be because, you know, you, 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 you've done that interview with me originally and you're talking with me right now. Um, but you still have the reluctance of really verbally discussing your work, but you're still willing to do it. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of a, it's, yeah, it's kind of a funny thing. You know, I, I've been accused of being really coy <laughs> at times or, <laughs> or, or being a complete asshole. Um, and I, you know, that's not my intent. It's, it's not my intent to, to play games with people or, or to, you know, hide certain things. Um, you know, it's art, art, painting, sculpture, you know, it's, it's supposed to be, you know, for me anyway, it's, um, there's a part of it that's really fun. There's a part of it that's, um, a game, um, a puzzle, so to speak. Um, and for me, if I'm, if I'm looking at somebody else's work, somebody else's paintings, um, I don't want to read their artist statement. I, I don't want to hear them talk. I don't want to hear other people talking about it. I don't want to read something in the New York Times about it. I just I want to immerse myself in that experience, that that intimate relationship between me and the work of art. And I want to try and figure it out for myself. You know, it's I want to bring to it um, right. my experiences and my history and try to figure it out for myself. And, you know, and, and if I can come away from that um, with something positive or something exciting, then so be it. Then do I really need to read or hear about what the artist's original intent was? Because then it's just going to destroy what I was just, what I was just thinking, you know, and it's, and I think art is just a very private thing, you know, um, for me anyway. I don't, I don't like standing in front of a painting or with a bunch of other people. I I just kind of want to have this relationship with it, you know, one-on-one talk, kind of like what you and I are doing right now, you know, I've I've never been a social person. So it's like, it's, it's comfortable for me to just talk one-on-one or to have that experience with a work of art one-on-one. Yeah, no, I, I can see the value in that for sure. And I found that, um, you know, because I, I'm not a, an artist myself per se, or a visual artist, and you know, I've kind of learned about art history on the fly, you know, over the years, and it is, as I'd mentioned, it's kind of a double-edged <laughs> thing because you know, if you go to a museum or a gallery show, um, and especially like say in a museum show where there's a giant wall of text, you know, <laughs> about the art. And, you know, the biography of the artist and then their intent. And I walk right past it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you could, you could spend like, you know, 15 minutes standing there reading some of that. And it really is, it, it, it's tricky. I, I myself try to look at the work first and then, um, we'll look at the, you know, or read the descriptions because I don't want to be influenced by the descriptions before I actually take in the work, but that, I'm not and always that's, successful. That's the key that. word right there. That's the key word is influence. You know, you don't mm-hmm. want to be influenced. You don't want to be directed into a certain way. I mean, I certainly don't. Yeah. I don't want to be forced into something and thinking, okay, this is the way I need to be thinking before I look at it. I don't believe in that. Yeah. 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 
And I think that um, that is, as I, you know, we've been talking about, that's kind of the risk. And then, you know, in a, in a larger, say, museum setting, um, and if it's especially if like a retrospective of an artist, um, it's always really blown me away where I'll see like a huge crowd standing, not in front of the work, but in front of the giant, you know, uh, description in the text. Yeah. Of the work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, this is how I should feel about it. This is how I should think about it. And, you know, we don't even really know who wrote a lot of that. Uh, in, in many cases, especially if it's a dead artist, you right. know, so it's some, uh, you know, m- museum staff or the curator or whatever. Um, so yeah, it's all, it's all like a dicey proposition, but that said, um, I'm happy that you're, you're willing to at least talk with me and then put this out there, <laughs> you know, yeah, about your for, work. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It might, <laughs> it might bite me in the ass, but <laughs> that's, that's just, that's it. <laughs> that's how I feel. <laughs> So let's see. Um, I'm just going to keep going back here initially to this bio that you have on your site as sort of a, sure. of a foundation here. Um, you say the images that you choose to paint rather than the ideas of the images that you, you treat them very personally, almost protectively. Um, you see them as fragments of private journal entries. And actually I've noticed on your Instagram um, and, and I know that you, I think you, we talked about this in your interview. You do keep a, a, a pretty consistent journal. Is it daily? Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. It's, it's a daily ritual every morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I can't get to it in the morning because of other things I have going on, I'll, I'll get to it at some point during the day. Uh, but it's, it's been something I've been doing every single day since oh shit 90 94 95 wow um so i have i've lost count how many journals i have um you still have just, them all? i i'm missing about five of them <laughs> and i know exactly, i they are they're the first ones the uh, the very first ones that um i started writing and doodling in in those early years, um, I, I don't have, them. they're not in my hands. They might be in a storage unit somewhere, but, or they could be in a dump. I have no idea. <laughs> it's like, you know, but I wish I still had them. Um, maybe I can get my hands on them if they're still around, but, uh, I do have, I do have all of the others. Um, but there's a lot of them. Um, I've got, bookcases of them um you know foot lockers and trunks full of them uh yeah and a lot of them i i notice are uh self portraits Mm -hmm. yeah it's you know i call them i call them journal entries that's that's what they are you know it's kind of like starting my day off trying to focus on you know you know, what dreams did I have the previous night? You know, what happened the day before? What do I plan on achieving today? Um, it just sort of clears my head a little bit. And, you know, the self-portrait is very much a part of that. And it's, you know, it's, it's a documentation process. You know, I can go from, I can look at a self-portrait that I did a couple of days ago and then go back to 2001 and see a self-portrait I did and fuck who knows some cafe or something and i've got like a little mirror that i used to carry around with me back in art school and i'm just like and i'm just drawing that and then you can compare the two and it's like wow that you know i've 
physically changed. My, my style has definitely changed or developed. Um, so it's, it's kind of fun to go back and see those things every once in a while. But yeah, yeah. it's definitely a, a docu like a documentary almost. So when I'm, when I'm dead and gone, anybody gives a shit about this stuff <laughs> and they go back and look at it, they can go, oh, that's, it's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I mean, because these are strictly visual, um, I'm, I'm actually looking through several of them on your Instagram right now. Um, you're basically, you're, you're capturing kind of your demeanor from that day. Your, yeah, your, yeah, your sort of sure. self-impression. Yeah, for sure. Uh, there's, you know, if there's a night that I didn't sleep, then, you know, I may just be like completely fucking tired and bags under my eyes, or, uh, I may be stressed out about something or I don't know. It's, you know, I, I feel, uh, feel more free in the journals, uh, because even though I'm showing bits and pieces on, on Instagram, social media, and all that stuff, um, you know, they're not seeing the full picture. They're not seeing um, the written words, the text, the prose, the poetry. That's sort of like intertwined uh, with the visuals. Um, oh, I see. So, so there are there is written text. Where you're oh, just yeah. not sharing that. Yeah, yeah, for okay. sure. I, okay. Listen, I'm not a writer. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, my my mentor years ago told me don't be don't ever be a writer. <laughs> you write like shit, and uh, <laughs> so I just <laughs> I write how I talk. I write how I how I sound in my head. Um, there's grammatical mistakes. There's run on sentences. Um, who knows if somebody else read it, they may not be able to decipher it. But um, you know. It's kind of weird, you know. I can, I've got, I've got my current one right here, and it's, it's kind of like, I can flip through these things, and you know, I can tell you what I had for dinner on Wednesday, October fifth, <laughs> <laughs> at you know seven fifty nine p.m. It's, I document everything, um, but that's yeah, it's um, it's a weird thing. It could be stupid stuff like from writing, writing down. Uh, what I ate or something I did or, you know, I had mentioned before any kind of dreams or nightmares I had the night before or what I planning on doing that particular day or just writing about something that's fucking me up or pissing yeah. me off or something that I really enjoyed. You know, it, it's everything. It's just life. You know, this is, a lot of, I, I feel like, you know, with most people, their, their lives kind of slip through their fingers, you know, like you, you really don't remember day to day, these specifics. And even if it's like some, you know, pe pedestrian thing, like whatever you had for breakfast or lunch, or even if you went grocery shopping or whatever, um, by recording every single detail like that for years, that that's there's not very many people who I, I think really do that. And, and I think that that kind of gives like uh, it kind of contains your life in a way um, and, and maybe gives sort of probably on a deeper level, like on a mental level, like it gives some kind of form to your life uh, in, in a way that um, isn't as slippery as it might be for other people. And then right. I would think that you could probably draw from that 
even subconsciously because you're recording everything um, to then trans, you know, translate that into your work. Do you feel like that's a component of this? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's only been the last few years where I've really learned how to be present um, Mm -hmm. and really kind of focus on what's going on that day. Um, So even though I had been doing these journals for years and in years, um, my brain was really kind of stuck in the past a lot. Um, you know, and that's, that's problematic, um, for a lot of reasons. Um, but I sort of changed, um, how I'm approaching the journals. Um, and it has kept me more present. It has kept me more aware, Mm -hmm. um, of what's going on, uh, day to day. Um, I really don't, I really don't give too much thought to the past anymore. Um, if I want to, I can, I can rifle back through those pages of old books and whenever I want to, but I kind of just leave it in the past now. Um, and I try to stay right here. Um, and, and that's what, you know, the paintings have been kind of about the last maybe two years, um, have been, have been more present, have been more, I should, I'm reluctant to say the word positive, uh, but, um, but yeah, more, definitely more present. And then, so let's talk about what you're working on right now. Um, I did want to touch on, you have done, uh, a collaboration with Robert Schaefer. Yeah. Um, basically it's a collaboration jacket. And it's currently <laughs> on display at Schaefer's Garment Hotel on in yeah. in Hollywood. Yep. Um, and so, this is is this this is basically. Do you consider this your most current project or one of your? Um, I wouldn't say it's uh, it's it's relatively current. Um, okay. You know, we we kind of just finished it up. Uh, it's 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 been out in the world. Um, I've done a couple of series of paintings since then. Uh, but the Schaefer project was, was very, very out of my wheelhouse. Um, I don't collaborate with people. I don't like working with other people. And that's why I I wanted to ask you about this because of how solitary you are. But then, then the first thing I'm seeing on your site about, you know, updated news. Yeah. This is actually from March. Um, but yeah, it is, it is a collaboration and then it's, you know, uh, you know, working with textiles with clothing, which I, I would imagine this is the first, that's the first for you as well. It's definitely a first for me. Um, it's just, you know, what? It, it, it started out really weird. You know, it never, it never became about here. I need to work with this guy, um, mm-hmm. Robert. And just for the record, Robert Shapers is an awesome guy. Um, I consider him a friend now and, uh, he's just a great guy who's doing some fantastic things out in Hollywood. Um, and we're working on some, some new things. So perhaps that'll be out in the world sometime next year. Um, but it started off, you know, not art related at all. I was, (laughs) I was just looking for a pair of jeans (laughs) and it was like, you know, I was looking for a pair of black jeans and I don't, I honestly don't remember how it came across his stuff, but 
said it was durable stuff and you know i don't i don't know anything about fancy japanese salvage denim fabrics you know people talk about i'm like oh this is you know this is the top stuff i don't really care about that it's you know if it's if it's durable and i can wear it every day that's that's perfectly fine so i just ordered a pair of jeans from him and i got them and I don't know, it's it clothes are a weird thing for me i'm a short guy not a lot of stuff fits me but for some reason you know right off the rack those things fit me and i was like okay so i bought a few more pairs and you know i I, you know i just sort of thanked them you know this is this is pretty cool what you're making and we just started having a conversation and talking and he was he was really into what i was painting and um and so you know i sent him i sent him a painting as a gift and you know we just started talking and he's like hey man <laughs> he's like <laughs> you know just the shit on your studio floor is awesome you know the, the paint falling down the thick and uh the thick trips and splashes and whatnot because i work i work pretty quickly and aggressively and so you know there's a lot of collateral damage left <laughs> over uh, in the studio <laughs> so he was like thinking yeah you know what would that look like on this on this denim i said fuck i don't know i said send me some send me a couple scraps i said i'll i'll lay them underneath my easel and see what it looks like so he ends up sending me a box of i mean a shit ton of this <laughs> japanese salvage denim and i don't i don't want to know how expensive that stuff was but he sent it to me and i just i lined my entire studio floor with the shit and oh, i wow. just i just started painting and i was stepping all over it you know i dripped <laughs> i dripped coffee on it i, you know, I dripped gin on it <laughs> there's many substances falling on it. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and um you know oh, um, that's really cool yeah because yeah. i'm i'm looking at the photos right now uh and and yeah they're, they're they're like splatter paintings but but they're really so they're random it's not like there's a technique necessarily yeah. this is this is like the you know like yeah the, the after effects of your other work um but they it was but, like yeah it's you know it's it's you know i once they dried I, I packed them up and i sent them back to him i had no idea what the hell he was going to do with them and then I didn't hear from him for like a few months. And I was like, whatever. And then, <laughs> and then, he, then he sends me a text and he's like, oh, look what I made. And he, God, he made these two fucking jackets, like these denim jackets out of all of that material. And that whole time, what he was doing was he was sort of deconstructing and, and picking out certain patterns. And he was really thinking about the composition. And I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, what he what he made was just awesome and i'm like yeah. composition's everything i had no idea he was thinking that way and um he made these two jackets and he says here the other one's yours <laughs> so he sent me one and uh, yeah it's i've got it i've actually got it like framed up on my wall in my office and I'm kind of afraid to to wear it it's a, it's a little flashy for me with all the bright <laughs> paints and stuff you know um, but it, it's cool. And, and I had fun doing it. It got me out of my element a little bit. And, uh, and Robert's a great guy. So, yeah. And so you had no idea that he was going to take the, you know, these, you know, like the splattered, you know, denim material and then do his own compositions with it basically. Yeah, it was, yeah, 
it, it was it was awesome fantastic i was pleasantly surprised and you know like i said i i, I agreed to do another project with him and i don't know I've, i don't know if we're going to do something different different colors or a different garment i i have no idea um but yeah we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens so you have one of these on display in your office you said yeah yeah i've got one of them in uh and it's in a display case and he's like ah he's like can you send me some like really high quality photos of this thing and he's like can you do it like like a photo shoot I and mean, he does all these photo shoots out in la and he's he's friends with um uh what's his name jason momoa the actor the aquaman guy so huh. he's friends with him so he's like he's you know, he sends uh, some of his wares to, to Momoa and Momoa's sort of like doing all of these high quality production photos and, and, and films and reels. Um, so that's pretty cool. So he's, he says to me, he was, can you do some real high quality photos of these things? I'm like, yeah, what the hell? So I threw the jacket on and I got on the motorcycle and I went to the local park and I'm just like shooting pictures <laughs> and, it's yeah they came out all right you know I'm, I'm not a photographer either so uh no but they came out decent uh yeah i'm looking i'm looking at your um your site where the you know these pieces are displayed i'm not seeing you on a motorcycle i'm seeing you standing wearing some of it standing um, yeah there might be the motorcycle one might be on instagram somewhere i'm not sure <laughs> I don't um, really like the whole model thing. I'm, I'm trust me, I'm, I'm I'm no model. So I was trying to get one of my friends to model for me, um, but she was she was away, uh, so I couldn't get her to do it. But uh, it's settled for me. <laughs> well, so there are a couple of shots here of the jacket in a display case. I'm assuming, yeah, that's at his. So what is this garment hotel? Like it, that's just the name of his place it's just, so it's just yeah. like, a, like a boutique basically or a clothing shop basic uh boutique yeah yeah there's okay. i don't think there's any kind of coffee in there but i think he's got <laughs> some leather couches and shit and he's invited me out there several times and i just haven't gotten a chance to fly out there but i definitely want to get there and meet him in person um just check out what he's got going on in the shop but great guy though great guy fun project yeah no it's a it, well it's a cool display um he's got he's got it set up with um like other i mean basically there's a let's see it, it's a glass display case and then there's a skateboard leaned up against the side and then yeah i think um, somebody took boots. a picture of that <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah he's got like a bunch of vintage wares in there like leather yeah. jackets and, and boots and stuff oh. i love it okay all right so <laughs> What else are you working on right now? I'm looking at your uh, your site. Um, I see this bread in the bone. Um, how recent is that series? Uh, that's that's the most recent series. Um, okay, I, I, I finished that up. Um, probably in the latter part of the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was I was kind of working out of my element um, in that respect as well. Um, I had. I had done a series of these smaller 17 portraits, uh, self portraits, and they were relatively small. I, I, I typically work 
pretty large. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was kind of running out of space in my studio. So I, I kind of started doing these so smaller self portraits and I just kept painting them and kept painting them. And I, I ended up doing 17 of them and I was thinking, you know, I'm going to do some really large self portraits, uh, like full body, um, portraits. Um, and then I, I don't know, something in my brain was like, the world doesn't need to see another, (laughs) doesn't need to see another self portrait of me. So I was, um, the, the subject of the bread and the bone is actually my little cousin. Um, and she and I have a lot of similarities. We're, we're very much alike. Um, so I was kind of playing with the idea. This is kind of like a, a pseudo self portrait, but using somebody else, um, to, to, to explore, those sentiments and those feelings that I was having and, so, and using somebody else's face. You were kind of working off the, that set of portraits that you had done yourself and the, uh, as kind of studies and then, and then, but, but using her, her image basically. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, cause it's all these, uh, different, um, you know, profiles views. Yeah. Let's um uh, let's get into your technique a little bit. You have this very, you know, it's very thick application, very thick lines. There's kind of a kinetic motion to it. Um, you know, even though the, you know, these are figurative, like, you know, you know, uh, you know, single like view portraits of somebody, but they're there's sort of a uh I, I would describe it almost as like jagged fluidity to some of this. Um, but yeah. and 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 I, I noticed this style with a, with most of your work. Um, what can you say about that? Like in terms of what, why does this technique work for you? What's, what's the approach? What's the appeal? How do you think it best expresses what you're going for? Uh, I like to work quickly, mm-hmm. but I don't like to, but I'm that, but that doesn't mean sloppy. I like to work quickly because I like to get the image down on the surface you know i i I try to be immediate with it i don't like to think about it too much when you start thinking about it too much yeah you know i've done that in the past and it's like you if you start thinking about something too much you start losing you start losing the energy of it um and your mind changes and you know you know you start thinking about it for an hour and I've changed my mind 56 times and I'm like, let's, let's not do that. So it just became, it became about being present in the moment, you know, getting the marks down on, on the canvas. Um, And also, you know, there's a little bit of anger in there as well. Um, You know, everybody's angry. Uh, I'm angry about, a bunch of stuff and <laughs> that's you know it's just kind of like it's, that's it's kind of how it translates in, into the studio you know you're that that statement that you were reading at the beginning of this says you know i can be pretty emotional um and you know i'm not going to apologize for that either and, you know art is supposed to be for me anyway art's supposed to be emotional it's supposed to be personal it's supposed to it's supposed to say something um and yeah 
it is emotional and I do get emotional. I've, I've cried while I've painted, I've laughed, I've thrown shit at the canvases. I've, you know, smashed things. It's, it's, you know, it's a, it's again, it's just, that's just life, you know, and it's, and life encompasses everything, you know, anger, happiness, depression, sadness, you know, whatever. Yeah. And again, this goes back to your, your real desire for immediacy and to not, as you had said, not overthink things, just be in the moment, be in the moment and, and, you know, work quickly. And then I think, as I'd mentioned, you know, there's like this kinetic, there's, there's this motion, there's this sort of like, uh, yeah, emotional energy coming out of the, these portraits. Um, even though like basically like the, the subject's expressions are calm, you know, or they're not, you know, it's not like I'm looking at the image of an angry person, but, but they're, it's like you're, you're, you're peeling back their skin a little bit and exposing, well, it's more self, you know, revealing because you are trans, you know, transmitting your own, your own uh, emotions. I've often said, you know, I've often said that um, my paintings, <laughs> they tell more about me than they do the subject matter. <laughs> so it's, and, and, and that that's, you know, that's pretty true. That's, that's pretty spot on. Um, do you think that's the case with most artists to some extent? I don't know. No, no, uh, no I don't think that's the case. Um, you know, I think, I think a lot of artists, um, this is my just my own opinion. Um, I think there's, I think there's especially especially with social media, uh, and we can go down a rabbit hole on this topic. But I think with social media, I think there's um, there's more of a persona that a lot of new artists, uh, 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 new artists. I don't know what the term is. I'm looking for. Let's just say new artists. It's sort of like a persona that they're taking on mm-hmm. because they know they're being watched by two people, a million people, who the fuck knows? Yeah. Um, and it's like, you know, is, is that a mask? Is, is that, are you acting? Is that, you know, is this real? And fuck if I know, but yeah, it's, it's like, I, I want, my paintings to translate as here nick painted these because he was pissed off at something or he was happy about this um or he was feeling confused about Mm -hmm. that um and you know you know sure i think there's i think there's a lot of artists out there that that uh wear their heart on their sleeves and, and they paint how they're feeling and and they're being um honest um and and that that's great and i and i think i think um you can pick those out pretty easily i i think when you're when you're not being honest about the work if you're if you're trying to portray something else that you're not i i think i think most people could sniff that out pretty quick well you know one I guess this is a trend that's been going on for a while, but um, with Instagram in particular, the artist posing next to their work, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's 
So I have I have a thing about that too. It's, uh, <laughs> I'm not surprised. I, yeah, I you know, I think if you go on Instagram, yeah, you'll 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 see my ass standing in front of a canvas, or I find that very uncomfortable. You know, I had I had some people telling me, yeah, you should you should do that. Put your face on it so they know who you're. I'm not a big social media guy, and I don't understand most of it. So I'm like, all right, let me let me just see what happens with this shit. Um, but <laughs> that that mentor I was talking to you about earlier, uh, Ed, Eddie, uh, God, he hated that. He hated when artists would stand in front of their work in a gallery and just talk about their work or get pictures in front of their work. And he goes, he would always tell me, oh, "What a what an asshole." And I just, I, I never liked that. And um, there seems to be this this yeah you you called it a trend on on instagram um where they're posing in front of the painting and they're almost like covering up the painting you know you don't even see the painting <laughs> it's like it's it's more about them than it is the work oh totally and it's yeah. more and it's and it's more about you know these these sped up videos of them creating it and 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 the process and i'm like yeah it's just it it just becomes like this voyeuristic thing you know people are watching you so you're acting a different way um yeah it's just a weird thing for me well it 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 kind of plays into the there's a lot of like i would say kind of romantic notions about the artist right it's playing into their the persona of the artist yeah you know um and they become almost like integrated into their art as their art pieces themselves you know, um, exactly. and I, yeah, I, I do think that's a trend with, uh, especially younger artists who just, that's just, they feel they need to do that. And the if they're in a, you know, being represented by a gallery, the gallery is going to include them posing with their work or, and you, the, know, you know, that's, you know, that's a, that's a complete ego thing. You know, I mean, I yeah. think all artists have egos. I have an ego. Um, and it's funny going back to uh, years ago, <clears throat> back in grad school, um, I was in the program, uh, the, the, my painting MFA program. I was in the program with this other guy, complete opposite of me. You know, I'm, I'm short, I'm small, I'm relatively quiet in public or social situations. But this guy, I mean, he was almost six feet tall. He was huge. He was loud. He was he was animated and he just, you know, he, he fucking spoke his mind. And, um, and I love the guy, uh, his name was Matt. Um, and he was making these fucking huge paintings, like massive paintings that took up, he and I shared a studio and I couldn't paint in there because he took up the entire <laughs> studio. So I, I ended up, you know, uh, having a studio back home and, uh, he was making these massive paintings so we were having a group critique one night. It was Jesus. It was late. I think it was about who, who the fuck knows, 10, 11 o'clock at night. And we were taking a break and um, he had just finished talking about his paintings and God, I was like, he's amazing. <laughs> this guy could just talk forever. So I jokingly said to him, I said, listen, if I ever get a solo show in New York, I said, I want you to be Nick Batista. <laughs> I just uh, you be Nick and you pretend to be me 
and you can just walk around the gallery talking about it and I can just, you know, sit back in the corner and drink wine or something. <laughs> I love that. That could be like a could be like a side hustle for him, you know, for the yeah, shire well, the shire artists. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it kind of turned into this this funny thing where it's like, okay, maybe I switch it up, you know, if I get another show, I I choose somebody else to be me. And who who cares who it is? Nobody's going to know who the hell I am. They're going to, you know, I'm using different people, you know, this guy, this girl, whoever, and just, they play me for the night. <laughs> That's like, I, I don't want that attention on me. I don't, yeah. I don't want to walk around and shake hands and, and explain myself. So I thought that was, <laughs> I thought that was the answer for me back then. So, <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. Well, you know, that, that really could be like a, like a, you know, a side job for somebody who's really charismatic, who wants to represent the, the artist while the, the actual yeah. artist kind of hides out. It's funny because I, the last podcast interview I did uh, was with the ceramic artist um, who, who does large scale, often, um, you know, pieces in earthenware that don't look like anything like they were like made with ceramic at all, you know? Right. And he related uh, how he was kind of sitting in a, in the gallery um, with his hoodie on and uh, watched a bunch of uh, ladies come into the gallery and and uh, were looking at his work and they were reading the description. This kind of goes back to you know what we're talking about with uh, you know just descriptions at shows and you know they were reading that this was ceramics and they didn't believe it. They didn't believe that was material and there was no one else in the gallery except them and they were actually touching it, touching the work and. <laughs> And, and they didn't, they didn't know who he was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they didn't yeah. know that was the artist and he just let them do it. And I think really enjoyed it. Just watching this happen, <laughs> you know? even though they were kind of, you know, um, breaking that, that unspoken code. Don't, don't touch the work. <laughs> yeah. Having that, you know, having that anonymous <laughs> persona, you know, that's, that's attractive to me. So, but yeah, that's, that's, that's funny. I'm looking at um, this other uh, looks like from this year, a necessary mess, and that is you. These are yeah. portraits of you. Yeah, and, those were the precursors to the bread and the bone. Oh, all right. Okay. Um, so they were like they started out as they started out as studies. Um, so you can see them from like one, two, three, four, all the way on up to seventeen, and then you know after a few of them, I just sort of went with it, and it was kind of kind of treated them like the journal entries with the self-portraits, you know, how am I feeling that day? What's going on um, in my life at, you know, right now and trying to be really immediate with them and, you know, finishing them that day, that night um, yeah. and really not, you know, really not stretching it out over, over a week or a couple of days. Now in, in our original interview, I had asked you about this series mountain mantras. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're not out. on they're not on the site right now. Yeah, I but, just saw uh, that. I, yeah, uh, but you, I think I sent you a while back. I, I sent you like a secret link to them because <laughs> they're 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 in there hidden somewhere. Well, they're they're still up on the original interview um, that we did. And yeah. by the way, I want to mention that um, I, I will put the a, a special page up on the magazine for uh, for this podcast interview uh, with an embedded player. You can play that. You can play it 
right on the page. And I'll also include images and links, a link to your site, a link to the original interview we did. And uh, what other other images um, we can talk about later that we can add to the page, just so people yeah, have right. an immediate visual reference while they're For listening. Sure. And uh, I, I don't know if you'll want to include these mountain mantras, but I, I had asked them about you, or I mean, I, I, I'd asked about them um, because they are, you know, they they seem more like pure kind of abstract expressionism. They're not figurative like most of your work. Yeah, and. Um, that was um, that was something that was way out of my comfort zone. Um, yeah. For for me, I need to have that. I need to have that subject matter, that representative, representational subject matter, something that's discernible. Um, the human figure, you know, for me, it's the human figure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the portrait, um, and I like to see what I can do with that, um, with my own hand, with my own brain. Um, with the materials that I have, um, but I, but I, I said, you know, I, I've never, never really done any landscapes, um, and that, that's, that's where those mountain mantras kind of uh, sort of came from. You know, I'd never done landscapes. How do I paint? How do I paint? How do I depict? How do I represent landscapes? Um, but those those paintings, and this is kind of a weird thing. Um, those paintings came from another part of my life. Um, right. You know, for a long time, I separated the, the two parts of my life. You know, at at, at one part, um, well, I should say, my entire life, I've always been uh, an artist. I, I've always drawn. I've always painted. I've I've sculpted. I've done. You know, I've dabbled in photography here and there. You know, formerly trained. Uh, you know, BA, MFA, um, all that good stuff. Um, but there's another part of my life that um, that's completely separate from that. And, and that's, that's ultra running. Um, you right. know, I, I know a lot of people don't know what that is. I mean, I mean, it's, it's gained a little traction over the last few years. Um, but yeah, I, I, I was, I was a sponsored ultra runner uh, for a number of years. Um, and it's, something i got into um it was a it was therapeutic it was fun it was painful it was fucked up um and it was different from art um much more physical much more cerebral Mm -hmm. um and those were those that's where those paintings came from those were sort of like little snapshots of what i was remembering um from from some races that were that were that affected me pretty deeply <laughs> well yeah i mean yeah these, yeah these are so you had written that they uh or you had said in the original interview they reflect on this four-year journey that i took it culminated in a 10-day event in the mountains that took you six years to process that journey and put that to canvas i mean yeah that is intense um i was i was never a runner um you know, if you, if you, if you talk to a, a, a runner, they've been doing it since, you know, grade school, high school, they were on, they were on the track team or the cross country yeah. team. And I was, I, I never ran, a, I never ran a mile in my life. Um, and then it was 
it was during grad school, but while I was painting, uh, going for my MFA, um, had a bunch of health issues going on. Um, and a lot of, a lot of personal shit, a lot of family shit going on. That was, that was fucking with me. And, and, um, yeah, I kind of let my health, uh, slide, you know, and, full transparency you know i was i was fucking anorexic i was you know i had mm. i had dropped down to like 80 something pounds um i was like fucking skeletal and um went to my went to my doctor you know i had i had family concerned about me and i just ignored everybody and it's kind of like a yeah it's that's that's just how it is, you know. You're dealing with family shit, and you're dealing with a lot of stressors, and that's how it manifested, um, and it got away from me. Um, so anyway, go to my doctor, and he's like, "He's like, you keep this shit up." He goes, "You're going to be dead in three months." And he goes, "Your heart is like the size of a prune." He goes, "You're barely functioning." Wow. Uh, it was kind of like a scared straight type of thing you know he he scared me straight so this may not have been the wisest thing but um the very next thing i did was um, throw on a pair of old tennis shoes that i had you know uh, a windbreaker because it was raining at the time and i thought i'd start running and and get my heart stronger because i heard that it's good cardiovascular (laughs) exercise and uh I barely made it down the block before I thought I was going to pass out. And I sat on the, I sat on the sidewalk crying in the rain. And I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to fucking die. I can't do this. I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. So, you know, I had my little pity party for about 15 minutes on the sidewalk and something, something made me get up and, and keep trying. And then I kept doing it every day. And, uh, and you went hard with it then you like you took it to yeah you know level. what i might <laughs> but that's that's kind of how I'm, you I'm, a, I'm obsessive i'm obsessive compulsive and, and i'm <laughs> i am i'm not being colorful with that i am legit ocd um i've been that way since i was a little kid um so i took this to the extremes um and i just kept running every fucking day seven days a week and I kept increasing my mileage. And even though I was injured, I was injuring myself. I was getting, you know, hairline fractures and, and sprains, uh, ankles, feet, toes. And I was, but I just kept going. And somehow those things kind of just healed on their own. And I started doing, you know, 10 miles every day. And then I ran a half marathon. So there, we're talking about, I did all of this within, four months five months so that's it's Mm -hmm. really fucking quick and then and then i heard about an ultra marathon and this was like jesus this was like 12 or 13 years ago i heard about an ultra marathon this guy um this guy runs 100 miles at western states i'm like what the fuck is this (sighs) i was like I was like, screw the marathon. I said, I want to run a hundred miles. So I, I ended up running a hundred miles before I did a marathon. Wow. Um, 
so I, I ran a marathon while I was do, do, doing the hundred miler. That was the first time I ran a marathon. And <laughs> so I totally skipped that. And then I kept doing, I kept doing running hundred milers. And then, um, so it was only, only two or three years after I started running, I signed up for this 500 mile run. And, and everybody said, you're fucking crazy. Like nobody can fucking do that. Like you can't fucking run 500 miles straight. And I said, fucking watch me. <laughs> so I did it. Uh, well, I, I showed up, I, I got to the mountain. It was up in Vermont and I, I, I kept running and I trained for it. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And I ran straight, no sleep, uh, not stopping, you know, for 460 miles um, on this mountain. And, you know, I had a crew there with me checking in on me. This is the, this um, is the 10 day event that you had mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This was what, yeah. The first 10 day event and, and I made okay. it 460 miles and I was <laughs> so fucked. I, Jesus, I had that, so literally without stopping. That's yeah. I, I, I had so I didn't know that you were supposed to stop. <laughs> if you don't sleep, you can't keep, you can't, your body doesn't function. So I kept going and going and going and, and I made it 460 miles and, um, they pulled me off the course. They said, you're fucking killing yourself. Like we can't, we can't let you continue. Like we're, we're taking you off. Like I had so many infections, um, broken bones, I was, I was sleep deprived. I was hallucinating. I, I tried, <laughs> there's so many stories. I tried killing one of my pacers, a pacers, somebody that, uh, you know, who'll run with you to check in on you. Um, make sure that you're taking in your nutrition, make, making sure that you're staying up on your time, somebody to distract your mind while you're going through the night. And I tried killing him with a trekking pole. Um, then I tried, there's, a, there's another <laughs> yes yeah it was it, so it's pretty it's you pretty just admitted wild. to attempted murder <laughs> <laughs> he forgave me <laughs> he oh well okay as long as he forgave he didn't you. press charges <laughs> <laughs> um there was there was another another story it was right before right before i got pulled off the course i had already i had already broken two of my toes um so we're going through the middle of the night we're being we're being stalked by a pack of coyotes. What? And, yeah. So my foot is so fucking swollen that like, it's just throbbing. I can feel my heartbeat in my foot. So in my sleep deprived psychotic mind, I'm like, okay, I need to cut. I need to cut a slit in my shoe to relieve the pressure. I had done that in previous races. So I pull out this hunting knife that I'm carrying with me. And what I think is I'm, I think that I am cutting a slit in the side of the shoe to relieve the pressure. But according to my pacer, I am going in like serial killer downward strokes, <laughs> stabbing my Damn. foot with a knife. 
So he tackles me to the ground and he's wrestling this knife out of my hand. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> oh, shit. So yeah, it was, I don't remember it, but, uh, he, he swears. Yeah. I tried to pretty much amputate my own foot. <laughs> it's, it's, pretty, it's, it's pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah. And so then it took you six years to process the journey you had said and put that on the campus and canvas. It did. Um, it did because I was, I was devastated when I didn't finish that race. Um, but that lit a fire under my ass and I trained for another year. I was running 20 to 30 miles every single day, um, for a year to train to come back and finish this race again, which I did, you know, the following year I finished it full 500 miles, did it in nine days. Yeah. Um, and you know, it wasn't as crazy as the previous year, but there was a lot of emotional stuff going on. You know, you're putting Mm -hmm. yourself through, um, a lot of physical pain, um, and you get emotional about it and you, and you, running is running is a weird thing you just it it brings you down to the core um, and it breaks you um so after that finish the 500 mile finish um i think i only did one more 100 miler and i was sort of like reevaluating things you know my body was my body was fucked up um and you know i was trying to process those those journeys those adventures you know we call them war stories and i'm talking to my 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 pacers and my crew about them and we can relive them but i thought shit you know i never really i never really represented these visually in art so Mm -hmm. what what the hell what the hell would that look like you know what the hell would these paintings um, look like um when i was completely hallucinating um, and out of my mind um sleep deprived and and angry and and sad and depressed and in pain um so that's i tried to really go back to those places um go back to those moments and And how how hard was that to do i I imagine not easy that was tough to do um it's 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 hard to explain to anybody um mm-hmm. what you're going through um when you're when you're pulling those kinds of distances you know it, you know i can share that with the people that were sort of taking care of me and crewing for me and pacing me because they saw it firsthand but it's really really fucking difficult to to put that into words the emotions that you're feeling because one minute you know, we'd be running together, um, running up an incline, laughing. And then the next minute it's 1 AM you're being stalked by coyotes and <laughs> you're just fucking, you're fucking crying about something that happened, you know, 20 years ago. And <laughs> you're like just a sobbing mess, you know, talking yeah, about, no, I'm you good. know, father issues and, and, and family issues. And it's, just, it, well, it, it really is like a, almost like a boot camp kind of military approach where you're stripped down. Oh yeah. For your, sure. your, your identity is stripped down to the core and you're, 
at least in this case, you were directly confronting, you know, uh, psychological things um, in a way that you couldn't escape from in that moment because you were just torn down physically. And then looking at the, I just have two images from that, that series, um, mountain mantras. Uh, And they, they're, it's kind of chaos, you know, uh, it, I mean, there, there's, I'm just looking, as I said, these two images, one of them has a primary like green, red, uh, palette to it. The other, the other is just mainly like blacks and, and kind of, uh, rust and white, but they're, but they're, uh, and, and they're also, uh, kind of vertically oriented in terms of like the, the, the paint strokes, um uh and if it's okay with you i can i can put these up on the on the the page for the for the podcast if you yeah yeah absolutely look at these but for sure but yeah they're 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 very elemental they're very uh they're they're they are just kind of these the there is like a they're not calming to look at you know they're 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 not calming at all you can feel the pain (laughs) i was trying to pull from the landscape you know some yeah. of the colors that I was seeing, colors that I was feeling, um, you know, emotions that I was feeling. Um, and a lot of those downward strokes were just, you know, a lot of frustration and anger, you know, really yeah. coming down with the paintbrush and slashing the canvas with it, you know, being extremely volatile with it. Um, and then, I think I ended up titling those things after um, little sections of the mountain that we were on. Uh, some some mm-hmm. of them we made up because of <laughs> of how horrible they were, or uh, the uh, the race director had you know already named those sections of the course, um, and that and those were the that's where the titles came from. Yeah, well, one's called the Spirit Breaker. The spirit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that was that was not. That was the f- first year I ran the 500, and I was I was slowing down, and I'm freezing in the middle of the night, and I'm I've got my hands wrapped around trekking poles. I'm soaking wet. All of my waterproof gear failed. I'm soaked. It's like one or two a.m., and I'm just crying. The rain wouldn't stop, and it took me five hours. The course, the course is a 10 mile loop up and down the mountain. So you're just repeating over and over and over again. And this particular one, this particular loop, it took me five hours to do. I was just, I got lost. I was injured. I'm dragging. (laughs) It was, it was pretty fucking miserable. In a way, this is kind of reminding me of, you know, you read about like these sort of intense like uh zen you know uh monastery retreats right um where it's not necessarily so physical but it it not to that not to that extent but people doing like walking meditation for hours you know in the middle of the night in like freezing cold or something or repeating and and repeating mantras and you have mantra you know in the the title of the series and and it, it it is a way of like breaking you down but then also kind of like really getting you in the moment so this sounds like a, a big foundational process for you in terms of like helping you remain in the moment as you continue forward with your work 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's two practices that I do every day uh, without fail, and that's run and that's make art. Um, and I feel like the running every day, you know, I'm not, I'm not running 20 or 30 miles every day like I used to, uh, but I'll, I'll get in, you know, like eight to 10 miles every day. And that's, it's, it's a meditation. It, it's a moving meditation. It really is. Um, yeah. It, it helps me. It helps me clear my brain, helps me become present, um, and gets me ready for the work that I got to do for that day. Um, and then I get into the studio or I, I get into my office, whether I'm painting or drawing. Um, and it's the same thing. It's this meditative practice. Um, doing my damnedest to stay present um, and stay focused. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm looking at another series of yours called Morning Glory. Oh, yeah. yeah. And what really jumps out to me is you have a poem accompanying it yeah that was um that was sort of unexpected um i usually don't share <clears throat> a lot of prose um, mm-hmm. or the or the things that i'm that i'm writing in my journals um but this series <laughs> it it encompasses a lot of things um so many things um that i think would in my in my mind, I think would take away from what you're seeing there visually on on the canvas. Um, I think uh, you know I was going through another tough period. Um, this was this was the year uh, that my mentor passed, hmm. um, so I was, I was dealing with him. I was dealing with some. I was dealing with some nightmares that I was having related to some past things in my life. Um, and, and I was sort of drawing from, uh, some, some running experiences that I had, um, a few years back. So they all become, mm-hmm. they all kind of went into this soup, <laughs> if you will. And it all became mixed together. Um, and this is, this is, this is what happened. You know, these, this this figure this this girl that's running it is an actual person it is it is somebody um and then you know i just i just started writing you know i was i was trying to i was trying to deal with ed's death um and and mm-hmm. what i'm what i'm going to do without him you know you know it's when I, when I was in the studio and I always had problems or I was struggling with something, you know, I could always call him up and say, Hey, I'm dealing with this. And he would always give me a swift kick in the pants and, and get me back on track. And, and then even years before that, you know, we would just go and meet at the local bar because we had this bar we used to go to all the time. We'd meet there, drink, talk about art, life, anything. Um, and I didn't have that anymore, you know, that, yeah. when that goes away, it's like, you, you feel like, um, this felt like, I don't know. I, I, I said he was like my father. It's like losing a parent. Um, so I had a very hard time with it and I was writing all of this stuff. And that's what came out of it actually. Um, 
there was there was no rough drafts. Um, I wrote that in in one sitting. Um, you know, the the poets and writers out there are going to say, "Well, this is a piece of trash." <laughs> like, I, like I, I never claimed to be a poet. I never claimed to be a writer. But that's just what came out of my head. It felt right, mm-hmm. and so and so that's I I. I, I attached it to those paintings. Um, yeah. I had to ask you about it because, you know, we were, we, we kicked this off talking about, you know, like the uselessness of language associated with, we, you know, with the visual art. But yeah. then when I, I looked at the, you know, at this series morning glory, which is morning spelled, you know, like uh, to mourn someone M O U R N. Um, uh, yeah, it just compelled me that, well, you, you actually included writing with this. Um, and, and if, have these been shown? These paintings have not been shown. No. Um, would you, if they were shown, would you in, in automatically include this, this writing? I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, okay. it, it, it's connected to it now. You know, I, I, I put it out in the world and it's sort of like, you can't take it back now. You know, I took the risk of putting it out there and so be it. Um, it, it, it's part of the work, you know? Um, I don't think, I think it can be very coy. Uh, I don't think it's, I don't think it's really giving away anything. I don't really think it's directing anybody, um, in a certain way. So I think there's still a little bit of a mystery to it. There's still a, a little bit of a game to it, um, and you can kind of interpret it in in your in your own way. Yeah. Um, but this is, you know, for me, this is just this is just dealing with life and death and and being in the moment. Um, and yeah, the girl is, you know, it, it's weird. Um, I was on the side. I. I I, I also train runners, um, and I also, yeah, I also um, train um, people in fitness um, and whatnot, weight loss, uh, muscle gain. Mm-hmm. So, this instance, you know, I was, I was out on the beach. Um, must have been super early morning, just about sunrise. Uh, waiting for one of my running clients um, on the boardwalk. Um, and I saw this kid and she was out on the beach. She was the only one out on the beach. Hmm. And uh, she was just, she was just running back and forth through the water. And, you know, I, I had my, I had my sketchbook with me. Mm-hmm. So I said, shit. So I just sat on the boardwalk and I was doing these quick little gestural drawings of her running across the sand and she just she didn't have a fucking care in the world you know she was the only one out there and she just looked like she was free having fun and that was that was a beautiful thing for me um yeah no you you can see well in one of them i'm looking at morning glory number five there it does look like she's running through water yeah there's splashing water (laughs) at the at her feet yeah. No, you know, I mean, and you know, you're, you're, you're like, oh, this, this is, this isn't poetry, but <laughs> what is poetry? You know, yeah. uh, that, that's also <laughs> yeah. so subjective. Um, 
And I, you know, do you, do you mind if I read the last uh, stanza with this? No, not at all. Not at all. Um, Cause I, it, it is kind of striking to me. It goes, uh, you run as if freedom exists and the sun begins to break at a distance waves crash. And I walk towards the horizon. Yeah. <laughs> and based on what you, you know, the, the, the scene that you just described that, the, the, the puts it into a good context. I think, but yeah, yeah, no, it's so, yeah. So sometimes words aren't, aren't meaningless. <laughs> I don't think that's, that's actually a first. Nobody's ever read it back to me before. So oh. I got a little, I kind of like internalized a little bit. I'm like, Holy shit. It just, it kind of brought me back a little bit. Um, so yeah, that's kind of nice to hear that. So. Okay. Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, what what's coming up? What are you working on right now? Um, any any right shows now, coming up or anything you want people to uh, know there's about? A, there's a potential show um, next year, uh, March or April. I don't want to say too much about it because um, okay. I, don't, I don't know if it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in Tribeca, um, I hope it happens. Um, if not, then I've just stuck my foot in my mouth right now. Uh, <laughs> But I'll let you know. I'll let you know if it happens. Um, hope for the best. Because, I mean, you know the art world. It's um, You just got to work at it. You got to put yourself out there. Which, you know, I, I have a hard time doing. Um, I'm not really about... I haven't shown a lot. Um, and I don't like showing a lot. Um, I'm pretty private about my stuff. Oh, Nick, how do how do you sell your work? And it's, you know, it's word of mouth. You know, I, mm-hmm. I've got a, a few people that have that have bought some things, and you know, they tell their friends, and it kind of sounds corny, but and they tell their friends, and then you know, I've had people contact me to to visit me, visit my studio, and they take a look at the work in person, um, and if they decide to buy it, they buy it. You know, it's and, and that's fine with me. That it's not, you know, some some swank gallery in Chelsea. Um, it's fine with me. I, I'm happy with what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, well, that's what really matters. I mean, you know, I, I and I I would speculate that um, the fact that you are not uh, so self conscious about being part of the quote unquote art world and you know doing the hustle all that, all that shit. Yeah. You know what? I, actually... I realized a long time ago that I just, I don't fit in there. Um, I don't, I don't really fit anywhere. Um, I think, yeah, I, I don't fit into that art world thing. Um, I don't even fit into the, going back to the running. I don't, I don't fit in there either. People don't know what to do with me. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's, I'm just kind of like a, an outcast in, in, in both arenas and I'm okay with that. I, I've yeah, accepted yeah. that. Well, no, I mean, you're, you're, you're being true to yourself, you know, it's the integrity. And what I was, what I was getting at, I think is that uh, because you're not, you're not focused on the hustle so much and, and, and getting the attention that maybe ironically enough, that'll get you the right kind of attention, you know, Yeah. Um, that, that, uh, fits best for your work in terms of exposure. You know what I mean? Right. And, and yeah. Uh, yeah, so, you know, that, that, that's a good approach I think to take. Um, 
that could lead to some, I maybe I'm just speculating, but, you know, could lead to some surprises in terms of how your work is received and, you know, where it winds up as opposed to if you were just out there trying to push it directly, you know? I'm a firm, I'm a firm believer of, you know, if it's, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. You know, if it, if it lands in the right gallery, it does. Yeah. Um, if it doesn't get shown somewhere, then that's, that's kind of the universe telling me something, you know? Um, and you, we don't have to get into this and, and, and we're kind of running out of time anyways, but uh, you had mentioned sure. you'd had an issue with a gallery in New York too. Um, and it, that sounds like it was a, a, a big turnoff and <laughs> it really was. <laughs> yeah. I was, you know, I was really disappointed because I had, I had stepped away from exhibiting for a, for a number of years. Um, I was, I was disenchanted with the scene. Um, not to get into a whole thing, but I, I had lost a lot of my work uh, during Superstorm Sandy. Um, oh, wow. So I was trying to like, I was trying to, you know, come to terms with that. Um, you know, losing your body of work, you know, everything that makes you as an artist, you, um, and I didn't have that anymore. So it's like, shit, I got to fucking start all over again. Um, so I, I had stopped exhibiting. Um, I started from scratch, um, drawing, writing, painting over and over and over um, every day. And then I said, shit, you know, l- l- let me see if I can get a show in the city. Um, and, then, and then I did. Um, the space was great. Um, the paintings looked fantastic in the space. But, you know, and I'm grateful for that. I really am. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but a lot of the, the business practices that were going on, um, I'm like, oh, is this, is, this how they, is this how they operate now? You know, I've been out of it so long. I've been out of the game so long. I, I guess, I guess this is accepted. I don't know. And then, you know, I'm, I'm starting to get weird vibes uh, from the gallerists, and I'm just like, you know what, this isn't working out for me. Um, I feel very uncomfortable with with a lot of these practices. Um, I'm, you know, I'm going to cut my losses and, and get the hell out of here. And and I did um, without too much trouble. Um, I'm grateful to have shown, um, they looked great. They were really well received. Uh, but you know, when it comes to, when it comes to showing with a gallery, um, yeah, if they're not, if they're not on the same page with you, um, in terms of integrity, um, honesty, uh, that that's a, that's a big warning sign. That's yeah. a good warning sign, and you got to get the hell out of there. So, yeah. Well, sounds like you made yeah. the right move. <laughs> I think I did. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, I had some people saying, "Yeah, you did the right thing," and then I had I had other people saying, "Ah, you you just really fucked up. You you just shot yourself in the foot." And I don't really listen to anybody else. You know, people talk on both on both sides, and yeah, uh, I'm, I'm going to do what I'm going to do in the end. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and again keep going back to this but this this is just you being true to yourself and your approach you, you know, know i i hope i am and not compromising think, to play some game in the art world yeah. you know I don't, I don't i don't really like games <laughs> i don't like games <laughs> like that i like i like games in terms of how i'm viewing art you know is this yeah. is this 
fun for me? Am I, am I learning something? Am I figuring something out? But, um, yeah, you know, I, all in all, I, I hope that what I'm producing in the studio is, is honest and, and genuine. Um, and I hope that comes across. Um, if it doesn't, then so be it. <laughs> well, it's going to come across to the right, the right person. That's what really matters, I think, or the right people. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, uh, you you're finding your audience, basically, right? Right. Um, and not all art is for all people, and it shouldn't be. So, yeah, I agree with you there. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Well, thank you so much. Uh, thank you for having me. This is, oh, of course, this was very nice. Yeah, no, no, my pleasure. Um, and thanks for everyone for listening. Uh, you can check us out at interlocutorinterviews.com. And if you would like to support our efforts for high-quality arts and culture coverage, you can do so via Patreon. Just click the Patreon link on the site. Uh, it's interlocutorinterviews.com. And thanks again for listening. I'll be back soon with another Interlocutor Interview episode. And uh, look for updates on our website and also Instagram. It's at interlocutor.interviews. And so thanks again, Nick. Thank you, Tyler.